Alright, welcome to week 5. We have yet another packed pod this week. Uh, the fastest two minutes looks at Melvin Gordon's holdout in San Diego, Cam Newton's eating habits, an NFL linebacker is suspended for 12 games, and there's another earth-shattering trade in the NFFL. We will look back at week 4 and preview the weekend ahead. The NFFL Owners Union uh, was unable to secure an owner interview this week. I know, uh, they're always asking for more control. Obviously, RevShare had to draw a line in the sand somewhere. Uh, we're looking to get this back on track in week six. Uh, Jake, of course, is back with an incredible look at the most accurate NFL kicker in NFL history. And our bonus content for this week looks at controversial cornerback Jalen Ramsey. Uh, we have a lot to cover over the next hour. Let's get right to it. Melvin Gordon is officially back, but not in return of the max lineup. Four weeks into the NFL season, uh, did this holdout really even benefit him? Is Austin Eckler still the starting running back uh, in San Diego? Will Gordon even be an RB2 the rest of the season? Uh, mark my words, no way he's a charger next season. Um, the Spanos family has a history of not messing around with stuff like this. Gordon really got nothing out of this deal other than maybe a longer summer. Uh, at the end of the day, he really just looks like a terrible teammate, easily the worst holdout ever, and I'm not the only one saying that. I'm um, second up, Cam Newton. Uh, obviously, I drafted him pretty high in this uh, season's draft. He's seriously playing like crap, and a lot of people are starting to wonder, is it because he's vegan? Now, what Newton is eating, or rather isn't eating, may be contributing to his on-field struggles and his body's ability to recover from injury. Uh, let's go back to 2015. Um, Cam Newton, badass Cam, he was a pescatarian, uh, said Chris Howard, a certified nutritionist and strength and conditioning coach. Uh, salmon, shrimp, you get a lot of great fats and complete proteins. In fact, fish is one of the best protein sources there is. Now, if you take away the most valuable part of that diet, uh, there's really just no way around it. He's not able to recover as well with less nutri nutrients, uh, less calories, and less muscle mass. It's just not going to happen. Uh, Ron Rivera even mentioned Newton's transformation. He's lost over 30 pounds since starting this diet. And of course, there's a number of NFL players that have gone vegan, as well as Olympians, guys like Gerald Casey, Tony Gonzalez, Gerald McCoy, but all have the exact same feedback. The smaller you are, the more it's going to hurt when hitting a bigger guy than you. And Cam Newton used to never have that problem. Um, obviously, there's plenty of research the other direction as well. So what have we learned over the last couple of minutes? <laughs> I'm not really sure, other than different strokes for different folks. Am I right, Gabe? One and only, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I ate a lot of meat. They showed us commercials. Steak, that's what a man eats. Selling that idea that real men eat meat. Serious man food. But you got to understand, that's marketing. That's not based on reality. I've been teaching fighting techniques to government agencies for more than 15 years. Then, I got injured. Unable to teach for at least six months, I spent more than a thousand hours studying science on recovery and nutrition, and stumbled across a study about the Roman gladiators. The gladiators were predominantly vegetarian. How could the original professional fighters be so powerful, eating only plants? When I made the switch to a plant-based diet, I qualified for my third Olympic team. 
I broke two American records. I was like, man, I should have done this a long while ago. When I went plant-based, I wasn't sure if I was gonna survive. And I actually became like a machine. One of the biggest misconceptions in sports nutrition is that we have to have animal protein to perform at a high level. That's just not true. Sometimes you have to do things that you know your competitors aren't doing. Today's blood and yesterday's blood. I think this is going to wake a lot of people up. I was recovering better, not getting as sore. This was our best season in the last 15 years, and we had 14 guys on plant-based diets. We all want to feel great, have more energy. Cholesterol was 276. Today, 169. Whoa, now you're talking. Most guys my age can't keep up with the grandchildren. My grandchildren can't keep up with me. It's not one set of dietary guidelines for improving your performance as an athlete. Another one for reversing heart disease, reversing diabetes. It's the same for all of them. Someone asked me, how could you get as strong as an ox without eating any meat? And my answer was, have you ever seen an ox eating meat? Our third story, Raiders linebacker Vontez Burfecht uh, has been suspended for the rest of the NFL season over repeated violations of unnecessary roughness rules. I mean, he's always been a dirty player since his time dating back to when he was at Arizona State, uh, playing against my Colorado Buffaloes. Very tough situation for the NFL, um, and they've made it clear that using your helmet won't be tolerated and is really making Burfecht the example for the rest of the league. I I'm really hoping the rest of the players take note. Our fourth uh, kind of note here is a huge trade alert in the NFFL League. Marquise Hollywood Brown is on the move, trade from SC Top 10 to Tommy's uh, Dirty Birds. Uh, Wayne Gallman is the guy on the move. Hollywood has seen his yards per game drop each game over the last four weeks after having a killer week one. From 186 yards to 86 yards to 49 yards. Week 4 he had 22 yards. Even his targets have dropped considerably. Um, I'm not seeing the upside here. Uh, Lamar Jackson's really come down to earth as well. And on the flip side, Gallman is the third year backup for Saquon Barkley, who's currently dealing with an upper ankle sprain. I mean, I know he had a killer first week with 118 yards and two TDs, but it's pretty much useless fantasy-wise when Barkley's back. Um, I saw Barkley in some warm-ups just today. He looks incredible. He's doing a ton of mobility drills. His ankle looks great. He's jumping up and down. Uh, this could be a, a short kind of tenure for Gallman. Um, not sure why Tommy would do this. Uh, he really could have used the depth at the flex position, and Jake was really on life support. Um, here's to hoping this gets Jake out of the basement. But let's be honest, I may end up there as well, so I'm not hoping too hard. Um, you don't have to be the fastest player, just faster than the fat kid. And Jake, you are the fat kid. All right, let's look back at week four. Uh, this was a tough one. We were two and three on the week, 10 and 10 for this season. Um, and we had a number of matchups that just weren't even close. Uh, in our first matchup, Tyreek Batteries creamed Green Eggs and Cam. Yes, I said creamed. Gabe, off to a phenomenal start. You're three and one on the season. Our second matchup, Return of the Mac, um, 
got to 500 by beating No Use for a Name 53.6, excuse me, 83.6 to 68.7. Uh, Dan really took it on the nose. Tommy Bird crushed him 121.6 to 71. Our fourth matchup injury report took out Little Brother Mahomes Where You Make It 109 to 94.8. And for our final matchup of the week, we had the armchair quarterback versus Jake Wolf's SC Top 10. This one was close. It came down to the end, and Matt just didn't get enough from, I believe it was Juju Smith-Schuster and Joan Mixon um, to get him over the edge. I think he needed nine points. He fell just shy at 7.8. I think right at the end there, you know, um, the Steelers were up. They weren't going to throw it anymore. Joe Mixon was behind. He wasn't going to get the ball in the running game. It just wasn't a good game script for Matt. Jake takes the W. Uh, still in the dweller, the bottom dweller here, uh, but he gets in the win column starting the season at 1-3. and three. Next up, we have Studs and Duds with Gabe Fitzgerald. Apologize in advance for some of the poor audio in the first maybe 10 to 15 seconds. We are live from Seattle. Uh, they just somehow escaped uh, the, I guess, LA Rams. Unbelievable on a missed kick by your favorite kicker. <laughs> Wait, hold up. Hold up, what are you talking about? My favorite are you kicker? serious? Zerline? Zerline sucks, bro. Will Lutz is where it's at. Oh, my. I thought you loved Zerline. Screw Zerline. God, it's this Will this... Lutz, <laughs> butt liquor, nobody. That's well, the I order. guess this segment really got off to a, a deflating start. Um, I thought you were going to have some hot take about Zerline. Uh, no, Zerline's, you know, he's whatever, dude. He's he's a pre-Cody Parkey. He's good right now. It's not going to last forever. He's going to start double-doinking, starting hitting wide left, as we've seen tonight. He was so... just wide right. And uh, I, I know we were texting about this before. I absolutely hate Seahawks fans. I don't know if it's because I work with a bunch of them. I can't stand them, and I'm trying to – I was going to come in here and say, hey, man, I I really love the support for Seahawks Nation. I mean, people were out, out, like, breakfast, lunch day in all their Seahawks gear, but I can't stand them. I'm so upset right now. I'm in my hotel room in the closet in this little makeshift studio crying. I'm so sorry. That's not very 12th man spirit of you especially while you're out there. If for some reason this re like this business deal that you guys are trying to strike up doesn't go through, it's because they saw right through you. I mean, I got to say, I am jealous of the 12th man. It just, it, they're just so aggravating. They're so obnoxious. They think Russell Wilson is like the second coming. I'm mad that they had like a Skittles contract with Marshawn Lynch. Their stadium is unbelievable. Like they freaking won tonight. I, 
I, so this Matt, is more of a jealousy thing than anything. I, th- I don't know what it is. Matt was like, oh, uh, who's going to win? Who do you guys care about? And I was like, I don't know. Maybe it, it's a tie. But I actually do care. I wish the Rams had crushed them. I hate the Seahawks and their little sea chicken. Oh, I'm so angry. I'm so sorry. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, man. I think Seahawks are great. Huge fan of Sierra um, High School had one of my dance kisses to one two step afterwards after i crushed the one two step so i we're not on the same page here jesus i mean i do like sierra so i'll give you that i mean she's just an extension of the 12th man she's the 12th woman oh god that's sickening you got any teams you really hate any fan bases you can't stand Oh boy, dude! If if you guys have learned one thing, I hate so many things. Uh, one of which being Baker Mayfield, but then I hate uh, Raiders fans, hate Cowboys fans. Yeah, wow. I know there's a couple of you guys Obviously. in the leagues, uh, in the league singular. Uh, let's see, we got Cowboys, we got Raiders. Raiders might be the worst of all time. Uh, Seriously, that whole division, dude. Yeah, dude. Okay, first off. They, they give Cowboys shit for being gay, but the Raiders have a place called the Black Hole, and everybody loves going <laughs> to the Black Hole. A bunch of dude. dudes dress up in their S&M gear, and they run <laughs> over to the Black Hole, and they cheer on it, and they get their face caught in that fake, like I guess, real grass, because they love bushiness, because that's how disgusting they are. <laughs> I, I can't say enough bad things about Raiders fans or that organization except Gruden. Nothing but respect for that guy. Screw everybody else. Wait, so why do you like Gruden? Dude, that man has a football swagger about him. Oh like, if you talk about people that know football, that respect like the truest form of football, Gruden is in that list. I mean, I've heard Gruden loves the black hole. What do you think about that? Uh, he... <laughs> He married white, so I don't know. That's up for interpretation. I mean, I heard that he wants the black hole in Vegas every week. Absolutely not. That's that's fake news. I, I don't know what to do with that. I think it travels with the team. Yeah. <laughs> any other... Uh, I mean, I was going to say, if, I was going to ask you if you had any thoughts on today's game, but I'm also upset... That, of course, Russell Wilson threw a touchdown to uh, Chris Carson. Like, that is literally my nightmare. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, – man, who are you playing this week? You got – I've got the freaking dirty bird, Tommy, oh. a dirty bastard. The bird is the word, and he knew what he was doing. God, I hate his profile picture. I'm in such a bad mood, dude. It's okay. We can take it out on some some duds, or we can take it out on some teams. We, however, man, this is I really your like, time to talk about I, how shitty people are. I was gonna post on Facebook. I'm like, hey, you guys all have great teams, or the ones that suck. Like, at least you just go to bed sad. I have to record a freaking podcast right now. You think I want to be doing this? We we should bump this to Wednesday so this doesn't happen again for you. I think this you're is, right. I think I'm upset that we haven't talked in like a week. I think that's what it really is i i understand you lashing out for that this all makes sense i'm sorry uh yeah dude fuck the seahawks i'm niners for life niners for life screw oh, chris carson life. screw russell wilson 
dude, I don't even remember week four. Let's look at week four, okay? I know we've got studs and duds. Since I'm in such an angry mood, let's start with the duds. Give me the real <laughs> bad shit first. Yes, dude. We are talking about none other than Ob Gay himself. Oh my on god! On your team, you, you had to start with him, didn't you? You already knew I was sad. I oh, sorry. This is what you get for drafting a Browns players. Also on the list of people I hate. Uh, go back Christmas. to wearing your paper sack held like hats, whatever. I don't oh, give a shit. My god, they even won. They destroyed the Ravens, forty to twenty-five in Baltimore. But you're right. Odell Beckham basically put up a zero. He had two points. Uh, I mean, what happened there? He sucks. That's what it is. Uh, was he not wearing a watch this week? Is that what was going on? Dude, I think he took off the $250,000 watch. Jarvis Landry, his LSU buddy, went off. He had two TDs and like 173 yards. And then he got a concussion. So maybe, since all of a sudden our you know, league roots for injuries, maybe he's hurt this week. That's the only thing I can root for. You know, that's dark. I, I would never root for an injury, but I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so bad. All right, what's your second one? All right, we have none other than white man himself, Thielen, at pulling in 0.6 points for Alex. Wow, I'm really feeling that. Oh, damn, dude. This is, this is my segment, okay? Get that shit out of here. <laughs> All right, 0.6 points. Uh, for Alex, what went wrong? Okay, Kirk Cousins, man, he sucks. He's oh, a, a fake Russell Wilson in the sense that good Christian guy, oh, I'm such a good guy, such a great dad. No, the difference is this guy sucks at ba- at basketball, at football, and probably basketball too. Probably sucks he, at both sports. I mean, you, Thielen called him out. He's like, we can't be one-dimensional. Like, we got we to gotta be able to throw it, even if we have the best <laughs> running back ever. And Kirk knew exactly that that was pointed at him. He apologized. It doesn't matter, man. If you can only bring in 0.6, like, it can't all be on your quarterback. Now, I haven't watched the whole game, so I can go back and be like, oh, Gabe, you're a dipshit. Like, it really was all Kirk Cousins. But seems like a seems like an easy way to pawn it off. I hear you. I mean... Kirk Cousins is absolute trash. We know that. I always wonder what happens in these scenarios where one guy calls out the other guy, and then the other guy has to apologize or, like, respond publicly. Do you think they weren't, like, texting each other, being like, hey, man, can you just, like, apologize publicly so I don't look like a dick? (laughs) Uh, It was probably Kirk Cousins saying, hey, man, I need to look humble. Can you call me out so then I can (laughs) apologize and everybody will see how humble I am? Do you think it's really that scripted? Do you think they talk about that, like, with a PR team? Hey, we really sucked. How should we, like, make this a news story? <laughs> Maybe. And then you bring in the whole Diggs thing where Stefan Diggs is like, oh, no, I want to trade because I'm, I'm all pissed at this team, too. Dude, everyone wants to trade. I want a freaking trade. Get me out of this league. I'm sorry, dude. There's, where are you going to go? A land of full-point PPR and defenses and waiver wire auction draft uh at least i'll get more than 100 points in a week you were undefeated this is this isn't you just we just need a little bit of time dude i just need a snickers uh, yeah <laughs> and you have a third dud for me i do have a third dud for you what the hell is this guy's first name Mikkel, Mikkel, Mikkel hardman Mikkel hardman 
weighing in at a beautiful negative 1.1 points. Well <laughs> done, Dan. Neg- what? How is that possible? One reception, <laughs> you got tackled? Yeah, it's got to be, right? You get a couple receptions behind the line of scrimmage and, I don't know, running backwards? I, I didn't watch the game, but Dan, that big old dump that he was holding in all day after a long day of work, that was Nicole Hardman. Yeah, he took a dump on your team a week ago. Oof. Yeah, and I mean, you'd think based on that last name, this guy goes hard or he is hard or he makes other people hard, but none of that is true. Yeah, nothing hard about that game. Uh, Dan lost by over 50 points. Holy crap. That is a shellacking. An absolute shellacking. Uh, Was that our last dud of the week or did you have some more for me? That is our last dud of our week. That's not a real sentence, but you get what I'm saying. They all suck, and that part of the segment was brought to you by Milk Duds because they suck at getting stuck. Actually, they do get stuck in your teeth. They still suck. All right, next one. Studs. Who's our studs? Oh, our first stud is Nicholas Chubb with 36.3 points by the Tommy Bird. Wow. Does that give you a Chubb? A little Chubb? It does not. And, you know, here's the thing, man. Chub jokes are cheap. What do we got? Half chub, full chub, quarter chub. I think <laughs> I've heard all the chub jokes by now. I the giggled real every joke time. Is that this dude is running hard because he knows Kareem Hunt's coming with those strong ass legs for him. Ooh, you think a little roundhouse to the nuts? You know it, dude. Once once Kareem comes in here, he's gonna take over that job. He's gonna kick him out, literally speaking. And <laughs> Chubb's gone. Do you, th- do you really think Nick Chubb is uh, on a short leash? Do you think he could potentially lose his number one spot in You know, I, no, I, th- I see it going to committee. It's going to become a committee thing. Chubb's going to drop oh. in value. Classic. Little committee action. Man, that is literally the death of the San Francisco 49er uh, rushing attack. I mean, I think they're ranked top five in the country. I say that like it's college football in the NFL. Uh, but it pretty much makes it useless for fantasy. And I really hope that happens to Tommy's team. That would be glorious. That'd be great. I mean, we're losing Eckler and Gordon, so Alex and Matt now are going to have to share points doing it with Chubb and Kareem. That's going to be fantastic. Love it. I love to hear it. All right, who's our next stud of the week? Next stud of the week we have, oh, speak of the devil, Austin Eckler, 24.2 points, Matt Dolan. Wow. Austin Eckler gets a little bit of face time earlier on in this episode, obviously with Melvin Gordon coming back. Um, he had a great, great game. Do you think he's a little scared about Melvin Gordon, though? Uh, I mean, did you hear what he said? He's like, oh, Melvin's coming back. Yeah, he's going to be a great backup. But the rest, <laughs> the <laughs> rest of really? the nation. Yeah, dude. Oh, maybe, shit, maybe it's one of those fake memes or oh. but I'm pretty sure he made a joke. He seems like a funny guy. Even though you guys don't believe it, he's half white, so half really bad jokes, and then half black, so half good jokes. He's also um, bald, so I don't know what that he means. He is bald, so deduct points there. Yeah. Uh, so Austin um, Eckler obviously had a great game. Um, he's filled in quite nicely for the Chargers uh, over the first four weeks. Anything notable from, the, from his 24.2 points? Like I said before, he's been on this list before of some studs. Solid effort all around. This guy's running like his job depends on it. He's running from what's happening next week. 
good for him. Great game, bro. I love it. Do we have one more stud? Yes, we have old black man himself, oh. Leonardo Fournette. This guy, he's back. This man. guy is back after quitting football forever. Yeah, that was a really quick, uh, a quick retirement. Um, obviously, Leonard Fournette uh, retired. His older brother, Leonard Fournette, still plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Dan, I apologize if I took advantage of you. Um, I, you know, you won the league. I thought it'd be a little fun, but it seems like I have upset some people. So for that, I apologize. Oh, that's that's embarrassing. I remember when I signed up for this league, they said, are you easily offended? Like, do you get upset? Somebody got upset by that. Screw you. That joke was hilarious. You spelled it correctly. Thank you. I, I thought that, you know, I I honestly thought I could get Dan to trade him. I even <laughs> sent him a trade. I sent him a trade. Uh, he declined it immediately. Fair enough. Bastard. Fair enough. I'm so, so Leonard sorry. Fournette <laughs> obviously went off um, in a losing effort for Dan. Um, but any notable news? I mean, I think they figured out finally how to use him what three years later <laughs> yeah the trick is have him run the ball uh yeah it's crazy dude it's he's a workhorse here's the thing do you remember like when he was a rookie he's like oh man i hate playing in the cold like that's the worst thing ever like i want to yeah. just sit out the winter yeah that's why he's playing so well right now so he doesn't have to later in the year when it gets cold <laughs> this man is going to go away he's going to disappear but right now while it's warm He's going to get his yards in. I feel feel you on that. Obviously, a guy from the Southeast, um, LSU, and then Jacksonville. Um, any any thoughts on the, um, oh, God, Jalen Ramsey stuff in Jacksonville? Oh, uh, don't get me started, dude. <laughs> As an Eagles fan, we offered him, we offered Jacksonville a first and second round pick for this guy. And they come back and they're like, yo, that's not good enough. You're talking about a dude that doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to be on your team. And now they're saying it would take minimum two first-round picks to get him out of Jacksonville. Wow. These guys are so committed to keeping a guy that does not want to be there. It's embarrassing. This is me with a couple of the girlfriends I had, the ones that are really attractive but have no depth to them. And I'm like, oh, we got to stay together. We got to do this, even though it's bullshit. It's not going to work out. Yeah, I mean, I think these guys at some point get their way, whether it's the end of the season, he just asks to be released or, you know, he like holds out or something like that. I feel like that's coming. I mean, it was a what a healthy scratch last week. Um, he traveled but didn't play at all. It's just a really strange scenario. And I know their their owner um, was it Shad Khan. Um very well Shaka Khan. Yeah. Shaka Khan, Genghis Kong. Um, he was like, We're not trading him. So I don't know where that leaves things. Yeah, it's it's gonna get awkward there really soon. It's a divorce that needs to happen, but they're gonna pretend to be in it together, even though they got no kids or no stake in the game. Right. Um, any more studs or duds for me this week? That is all this week, man. I'm projecting that. We're going to have some really good studs and duds next week. Really hoping to see uh, the big old Mayfield on that duds list as always. OB Gay was a pleasant surprise on the duds, man. I'm very, very happy about this week. 
Speaking of gay, I actually picked up a gay. Um, uh, he is a kicker. <laughs> un gay. Matt Gay. A kicker for the Buccaneers. Um, Steven Gostowski, the Patriots kicker, um, I guess was playing like crap. And then they decided, hey, he actually needs surgery on his hip. Uh, so I ditched him and picked up Matt Gay. I don't know if you have any thoughts there. Maybe that's a, a, a sign for Jake to investigate him. Uh, later on this season. I think Jake should definitely investigate how gay this guy is. He's He's got a career playing with balls. His last name's gay. He plays for the Bucks, for God's sake. So I, I think that's a great investigation. Oh, God, he also has a red beard. That's pretty oh. embarrassing. Not Not a good look. Not a good look. All right. So we've covered our three studs and duds. Any final words, Gabe, that you would like to impart on the NFFL uh, league members and podcast? Uh, no, I'm just uh, just really proud of all the collaboration in the league. You guys are you're doing a great job. Even Jake. Actually, Jake, dude, you kicked ass this week. Great job. Love you. Screw you, Matt. Uh, keep up the good work, everybody. This is a great league. I love it. As always, Gabe, it was a pleasure having you on. I hope you have a beautiful night, and I look forward to chatting with you earlier than Thursday next week. Sounds great. I hope you have a great night recovering tonight. I appreciate it. See you, man. See ya. It's your NFFL commissioner who's not all that good at predicting how games are going to go, but you know what? You're stuck with it, so here goes nothing. This week I'm projecting three blowouts, and two good ones. Let's jump in. Blowout number one. Tommy Bird is going to crush Vince by 20 plus points. Tommy is coming off of a 50 point win from last week. He has Nick Chubb on his team who had 165 yards last week. Three touchdowns including an 88 yard score in the fourth. Plus the dude has Travis Kelsey, Russell Wilson, and Mike Evans. The team is starting to look unstoppable. Vince, let me roll out some power names. Guys, get ready. I want you to hop in a time machine, go back to 2017, and I want you to hear this roster. Because this roster is bringing home a booty. Tom Brady, Todd Gurley, Devonta Freeman, Odell Beckham Jr., Greg Olson, and even the Steelers' defense. Ask Max Fleming about that one. But the issue is it's not 2017. So this isn't going to be the winning team. Game one goes to Tommy. All right, here comes the next blowout. Both of these guys are coming off of a big win last week. That is Derek and Jake. Derek's taking this one. And uh, it's because of somebody with seven syllables in their name. Christian freaking McCaffrey. I think that's seven. That guy is the number one running back. He seems unstoppable. Derek is also coming in with the number four uh, and number five wide receivers with Cooper Cup and Julio Jones. And the good old number one kicker, Joey Sly. And I don't know if Jake can handle facing a number one kicker. Uh, but let's give Jake some credit. This guy beat me by 17 yards last week. Maybe we should blame my stupid Ravens defense for getting negative six. Or three of my top four picks for getting like 10 points total combined. Whatever. Good win, Jake. I do like your Jacoby Brissett uh, move, putting him on your team. Your Bears defense should be pretty solid uh, playing in Oakland, racking up some points. 
Which makes me wonder, will the Oakland Raiders field still have baseball dirt on it? Because the A's just lost in a wild card game. Suck it, Oakland. Um, And then here comes the third and final blowout of the week. We have Gabe facing Dan. Um, I feel like this is a 15-plus point win for Gabe. Gabe is already coming off of a win, and he's getting another one. His team is solid. When I look at it, his team is not number one when it comes to like putting the whole roster together. But this guy's team can lay some pipe. Yep. He's got Wentz. This week, David Johnson is going to kill Cincinnati. And his Eagles defense, which is nothing to brag about, is playing the New York Jets. So he's still going to get points. When you look at Gabe's roster, there's not a ton of stuff that stands out, but it just does the job and gets that upper 90s, low 100s. That's enough to pull some wins. The guy is 3-1. and one. And then Dan. Dan lost by 50 last week. His team is getting better in rankings. Um, I'm going to share some numbers right here that seems crazy. Besides, in his current starting lineup, so besides his flex, he has six players who are in the top seven of their position. The other two players are in the top 12 of their position. So his team is actually stacked according to their rankings, but Dan's issue is that these guys can't put it all together in the same week. He'll have two of them do really well and three of them tank. So is this the final week he does it or first week he does it? I don't know. I'm still going to go with Gabe blowing him out. I haven't seen the consistency yet from Dan. All right, now jumping into the good games, the close ones, the tough ones to call. You got Matt Francisco playing Brooks. Matt Francisco is coming off a loss, but it's time for him to pick up a win. He's got Patty Mahomes. He's got the 1L Will Lutz leading his team. And you know Matt Francisco sleeps well with Matthew Stafford sitting on his bench. Brooks does come in with the number one wide receiver and number one tight end. That it would be Keenan Allen and Evan Ingram, respectively. And Jordan freaking Howard, who put up 29 points last week. I am expecting Keenan Allen and Ingram and Howard to all slow down a bit. And I'm saying Matt DeFrancisco gets the win, but we are talking a small win. Five points is my projection here. And then here comes one more close game. And this would be Alex Fiafia. Uh, playing me so the last two weeks I've recorded and I've suggested I'm gonna win and I've lost so I'm definitely gonna project that I'm losing this time hopefully you know some reverse psychology works out I've got number one Lamar Miller Lamar Jackson I don't know he's good at football he's running back he's a quarterback I've got the number one uh, running back right now in Austin Eckler and now here's the challenge to you Alex You've got Melvin Gordon, but he's not in your lineup. Are you chicken? I think a little fun bet. You start Gordon, I start Eckler. Let's see who comes up with more points. I've also got George Kittle coming off of a nice long bye week, playing on a Monday night. He's going to score some points. Alex, um, Alex, how do you have the Pats defense? The Pats seem to be playing the easiest schedule. They're playing the Redskins. Alex's Pat's defense is going to score so many points against that crappy team. He's also got Zeke playing against a really soft Green Bay defense and Adam Thielen playing against the New York Giants, who have the number 30 defense against the pass. So that's a lot of points for Alex. I do like my team, but I also like Alex's. Alex wins by one point. Here's your recap. Tommy beats Vince, moving Tommy to four wins. 
Derek beats Jake, moving Derek to three wins. Gabe beats Dan, moving Gabe to four wins. Matt DeFrancisco beats Brooks, moving Matt to three wins. And Alex Fiafia beats myself, Matt Dolan, giving Alex three wins and me taking my third loss in a row. Good luck out there, boys. This footballer is a former Longhorn and holder of the record for most accurate kicker in NFL history. Wait, really? Current kicker of the Baltimore Ravens, Justin Tucker. Take it away, Jake. This is the classically music-trained, NFL's most accurate kicker, Justin Tucker, who won the NFL talent show with this amazing voice. Does the voice make him a more accurate kicker, or does the kicking make his voice more marvelous? You tell me. Justin Tucker doesn't just sing and kick some balls, he also kicks houses, or rather sells them. He's a licensed real estate agent, which makes sense because kicker workouts are easy, so it leaves plenty of time for his side jobs. Maybe he could do pizza delivery. Now, Tucker's from Texas and played for the Longhorns, where he learned to rap. Maybe that's a secret. Yo, Jay, hit it. Let's go. This beat is my recital. I think it's very vital. To rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. Here we go. It's tricky to rock around. To rock around. That's right. On time. It's tricky. In his first season in 2012, he hit some crucial game-winning field goals to lead the Harbaugh-led Ravens to a Super Bowl that year. Following that season, Joe Flacco signed a huge contract because he was an elite quarterback. <laughs> that was the beginning and the end of their era. They won the Super Bowl because Ray Lewis is a freak, free-roaming felon, and he'd been taking his anger out in the league for 15 years. Flacco has always been a mediocre as a quarterback. And you would think the Vikings would have learned their lesson from him. But they did the same thing with Kirk Cousins by assigning him to an elite quarterback contract by way overpaying him for way too little work. Anyways, I digress. Back to the opera man. He's kicked 250 extra points and has only missed one. That's a 99% accuracy, which is the same percentage of chance that I'm going to miss the playoffs this year. He also nailed a 71-yard field goal in practice and boasts a 90% accuracy in field goals alone. This is one stud you can count on, like, like Derek Defran playing with sneaks instead of friends. Dan Dan drafted this guy and it's paid off for him pretty well. I'm sure the better Harbaugh brother is happy too because that means it gets to keep his job. Justin Tuckerman Tucker has a franchise tag and a $20 million payout in his new contract. So you can expect to see him in Baltimore just long enough to not win another Super Bowl. But at least he can rap about chicken. Sort of. Chicken legs, chicken thighs, don't forget the western fries, don't you 
have some too? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Royal Farms. Royal what? Royal Farms, world famous. Chicken that's real. Real what? Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Arguably the best cornerback in the NFL and recently asking for a trade, I will say Jags owner Shad Khan uh, recently said he will not trade him, but please welcome on Jalen Ramsey. Enjoy this special interview. Jalen, um, you've had a very interesting NFL career so far. I've, uh... You have. You've had a very, very interesting career. But I do need to ask you one question before we talk football. I was watching practice today, and the little pad that comes down from your back, there's a $20 bill in there, and at the bottom mm. of the bill it says, 20 land. Mm. Okay, so first really of all, I've, huh? I've never seen a $20 bill on a piece of equipment before, mm. so you've got to tell me the story. Um, it's just swag. It's just my mindset, I guess. Every time I go out there, I'm trying to make some money. Um, number 20, so I chose the $20 bill, and... I forgot what I crossed out and put 20 land over. It's been like that for a few years, so I don't remember exactly, but. So this is not a new thing. You've, you've had that out there before. Yeah, it's been there for, for a yeah. while. Yeah. Um, so one question about your arrival at training camp this year in the Brinks truck. Mm -hmm. I need you to sort of tell me what was the thought process behind that? And how did you think, did you think of it did someone else think of it? And tell me the story. Um, I knew I wanted to do something, and I had thought maybe of the, the Brinks truck idea a little while back. But um, Adidas came to me, and Uninterrupted came to me, and they wanted, they gave me two options kind of, of some uh, things I could do to come into training camp, and one was Option number one was the Brinks truck with a influencer out here of my choice. Um, the second option was kind of like Wolf of Wall Street, like very business-like, come up like in a black car and a suit and stuff. And of course, I picked I picked the uh, Brinks truck idea. I thought it would be more fitting and funnier, so I picked that idea. And then they asked me the influencer I wanted to use. I told them Haha Davis, who's a comedian, and yeah, we kind of all collabed and went from there. What is it now that it really seems like guys are kind of having fun by how they get to training camp? Antonio Brown in the hot air balloon, you in the Brinks yeah, truck. Yeah, Antonio Brown, that was, a, that was a pretty good one. I agree. So uh, is, is it a little bit of a competition? Do you guys want to have somebody say, now that was the best trip to training camp? Uh, I don't think it's really a competition. I think everybody does it in good fun. and. I just kind of enjoyed doing it, but... Did you know Antonio Brown was going to do that? I did not, no. What did you think when you saw it? I thought it was dope. I thought it was cool. Uh, very creative. Yeah. I liked it. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about the position of cornerback and the scrutiny of the position of cornerback now, especially in the wake of the NFC Championship game when a call that should have been made against Nikel Roby Coleman in the NFC Championship game was missed, and the NFL has now reacted to it by basically saying, we're going to allow pass interference 
to be replay reviewable now. Yeah. Give me your opinion of that now being able to be reviewed. Um, well, if I understand the rules correctly, um, a coach can challenge it. Correct. Uh, whether it's called on the field or whether it's not yeah, called, he can challenge it. Whether it's called or not, a coach can challenge it, but... Um, I mean, unless it's a crucial play or a critical play, I don't, I don't see coaches just challenging it, you know, pass interferences all the time. Plus, you only get, what, two challenges anyway? Yeah, I, right. I don't see them just throwing out challenge flags all the time for pass interference unless it's in a crucial moment uh, of the game, in which, in that case, I agree, it should be, everything should be under a microscope. So something like what happened in the NFC Championship game could get reviewed. Um, so yeah, I think it's not bad, but as well, like human error with the refs and stuff, that's a, a real thing. And I think that's why the refs get paid and we kind of have to trust that at the same time. So I don't really know, I'm indifferent about how I feel about it. Do you worry at all? And has there been any talk that, you know, sort of the jousting that you do with wide receivers anyway might get called even though that is pretty natural on almost every you know time you're in coverage yeah uh like i said it's very natural receivers probably want flags every play and we want flags on them every play as well like offensive pass interference and defensive pass interference respectively but like i said coaches have to be uh very smart and strategic on how they use their their challenges and other than that uh, if it's a touchdown it's all automatically reviewed so i I don't think that it's going to make a huge difference besides crucial moments of the game. I've always thought that one of the best wide receivers I've ever seen at hiding uh, offensive pass interference was Michael Irvin. And he was, he knew exactly when he could do something and he knew when all eyes were on him. And I wonder, how much of your play do you have to really think even crew to crew, okay, how much can I get away with with this crew? How much grabbing are they going to allow? How much, I mean, what, how much is too much? Mm -hmm. How much is that a part of the cornerback wide receiver play right now? I think it's a, a crucial part. Me, personally, I try to play pretty consistent every game uh, with how I do and the amount of physicalness and tugging I do and just my whole all-around game. but. I definitely have learned some uh, crews, some referee crews better than others, so I know if they're going to let us be a little bit more physical. Do you study back judges and, and side judges and those guys at all, or not really? Not study them. I wouldn't say study them. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I get a little familiar with them, though. Yeah. But I wouldn't say study them. Is there an understanding right now, like when you were growing up in this game, were there corners who you watched and you to see, okay, how much can I get away with and what is what is going too far? Who who would you say you, um, you learned a lot from? Yeah, I used to watch corners of course, like Champ Bailey of course. Uh, I used to watch highlights of Clemson Dion all the time, Pat Pete, uh, Revis, I mean I could probably keep going from already. There's a lot of guys who I, who I used to watch growing up, but um, I never watched it in the aspect of, oh, what can I get away with? I watched it uh, more so as like, how can I play 
um, the game the right way as best as I can and not have to feel like I have to get over and, and totally right. do, this, do this type of stuff. Um, yeah, definitely going to take my opportunities when I get a chance to uh, get a little edge. But other than that, I want to play the game the right way, play the game fair and, you know, beat guys just strictly off of skill and talent. How much conversation happens between officials and you and, and defensive backs during a game? Uh, not too much. I mean... Maybe at the start of the game a little bit? Possibly. It depends yeah. if I know I'm playing a receiver who's, a, you know, pushes off a lot. I might just tell the ref to watch for it or something. But they do that. Receivers do that almost every game, too. Like, uh, go up to refs and tell them, hey, this guy holds you. This guy does this. This guy does that. So uh, it's really up to the refs. They have to call the game consistently. What was your feeling the other day when you saw that Mike Thomas signed for $20 million a year, richest receiver in the history of the game? Well, I was happy for him. Me and, me and Mike have the same agent, so I, uh, I knew the deal before it you know, hit mainstream, but, um, so I was, I was extremely happy for him. And he, he's well-deserving of it. Do you think right now you're the best cornerback in football? I know I am. You're sure? 100%. Will you get paid like that? Yeah, I will. Do you think you'll play your whole career in Jacksonville? Maybe. <laughs> Last question for you. So this game, it enters its 100th year this year. And now as you're going to start the next century as one of the big players in the NFL. What does that mean to you for a sport that's as big in this country right now to know that as the game goes into its next century, all eyes on you? Uh, I wouldn't really say all eyes on me. I mean, I, I do well for myself. I play at an elite level, but uh, football is different than like a bunch of other sports like basketball. There's like a, they can, they can be a superstar on a team who can kind of take over a game in general. Um, playing corner, I can, you know, take over a side of the field at times, but I can't take over a complete game. Like, I'm, I'm not playing offense. I have to rely on the offensive guys, Nick, and leading the, all the guys, Leonard out there, and everybody else we have out there. And I also have to rely on, like, my safeties, the linebackers, D-line to get pressure. I can't cover for 10 seconds, you know. Um, no matter how good, you know, I may be or may think I am, I can't cover for 10 seconds. So it. Like, football is legit a whole team sport, like 11-11. So, um, yeah, it's important, and I take a lot of pride in doing my job very well at the most elite level that I can do it at. But I got to rely on, on my guys, too. Jalen Ramsey, have a great year. Thank you.